Hello and welcome back to the Combat Podcast. As usual, I am your host Connor, and as you know by now, I like to interview people from Saigon, Vietnam, and also around the world about people's stories, journeys, backgrounds, challenges, aims, motivations, and a lot more. Today, I am delighted to welcome my guest Anne Taibo, who is the founder of Little Anne, the co-founder of Phoenix Studio, currently based in Saigon, Vietnam, where we will discuss business, her journey, story, and more. Antibo, welcome. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Um, what we've just talked about is a very interesting story. Yeah. Antibo yeah. is a boy's name. Yes. Yeah. Do you mind telling me, like, how did you get called Antibo, and like, what did it mean for you being called a boy's name? <laughs> um. Uh, so in Vietnamese, name is is Phu Thái An. Uh. The 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 name sounds very like very like strongly and manly. And um, yeah, of course, in, in my in my school, primary school, secondary school, and high school, and they put me the wrong uh, sex. So they always like put on the on the insurance card that uh, it is uh, the sex is of fourth hand is a male, a boy, not not a girl. And um, of course, I I don't I don't think it bothered me much. It just I feel like the name also talk about my personality as well, like a strong. Stronger, uh, independent, kind of. Huh? Yeah, and um, I, I enjoy it. Of course, sometimes I say, hey, I'm not a boy. Uh, it's just my name, but, but here you can see I'm a girl. Right, okay. Yeah. How did, for, we spoke about like the army came to see you, right? Uh, yeah, the, the policemen from, from the government, they, they came to, to my mom's house. Uh, after my um, university, they, they know that, okay, I'm like 18 years old. I was 18 years old and it should be the time that to join the government, you know, army. And then they came to my mom's house and asked her son to join the army. And then she, she said, no, that is my daughter and she's in university now in Ho Chi Minh City. Wow. Yeah. So you had to like prove that you weren't a, a boy. Have you ever had to prove it? Like you've had to go somewhere and say, look, I'm a girl. Is that, uh, no, that, that didn't happen yet. Not happened yet. <laughs> not happened yet. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned a lot of my friends yeah. have spoken to me, my Vietnamese friends, mm. that their names mean something, yeah. which really interests me mm. because from the West, I don't think it's a thing. Like I don't know what Connor means. Uh, I can make my own guess, but I don't actually know officially. Yeah. What does Taiva mean? Um, Was it meant to be like strong, independent, or? Um. So my bro, I have a brother, and uh, his name is Ben. And then my grandparents, they uh, they put the name for uh, for us. His name is Ben, so my name is Anne. So Ben Anne is more like peaceful. So we both together. Like peace, the peace. Ah, okay. Yeah. So a safe peace. Um, and so, because his name is Ben Võ Thái Ben, and then now it's just come up with my name, okay, Võ Thái An. And now it's just like, okay, a girl pop out. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. 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 That name suits me. That name suits you. Yeah, and I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it, yeah. I love, it. I love the name. Yeah. <laughs> the personality traits are like peaceful. Strong, do they? Strong, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Would that would that be how you would describe yourself? Yes, kind of, and that would be how my how people around me see me as well. Mm. You know, like because I teach pole dancing, mm. and then um, I'm the one I have to you know be there, strong, protect my student, carry them on my on my arms, and then to them sometimes they just call me Thai, which means like a, a male teacher as well. You know, and then. Sometimes in the, the class before, there were a few classmates 
they also mistake me as a you know a lesbian as well. Uh, it it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. It's just like okay, I'm just like nah, hi, I just I'm just interested in the boy. I am not lesbian. And then uh, but my name yeah my name sound like strong and then my personality is strong as well. Mm, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you talking more like physically or mentally? Because in your pole dancing, I'm sure you have to be physically strong to also. Yeah. So is it both like you're physically strong and mentally strong? Yes. Nice, yeah. nice. How have you had to build this kind of mindset? Because I was talking with a friend recently mm. who I don't know if I agree with her. I'll be honest. She told me you have to be extremely weak before you're strong, and I was, I guess, debating that for myself. So I guess in your earlier life, um, Antibo, did you have to develop strength at any points? For example, going through school or university, were there any difficult times where you had to show your strength? Um, I don't know. I think maybe I was just strong since I was a kid, I guess. Uh, there's a time that I went when I was about 10 years old, my, my parents divorced. But it didn't affect me much. I didn't feel sad or anything. I just, okay, whatever. They broke up, they divorced, but I still love them. I can still see my dad. I can still see my mom. They don't, didn't stop me from seeing them, seeing the dad or seeing my mom at all. And then um, I just, it, it just, I, I wasn't sad at all. And um, also, since I was a kid, I can see myself also like an active person and I'm not like, uh, you know, girly like on, hey, can you do that for me? I, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't show that. Mm -hmm. I didn't want it. But now I'm, I'm, I think like I'm kind of changed a little bit. I want other people to kind of take care of me. So I sometimes I show that I'm weak, but deep inside I'm still, you know, like feel like strong, independent, since I was a kid. Right, excellent. Yeah, didn't need to be, um, need, didn't need to, to try to, to be tough at all. Yeah. It's it, natural for me. Just natural for you. Yeah. Nice. That's, that's quite, it's quite nice to know that that's there, where if you face difficult moments, which I'm mm. sure you have done, mm -hmm. you know that you have that inner strength that I suppose came from you as a kid, mm. maybe from your name, mm. that I'm sure can help you with yeah. whatever challenge you face. Yeah. yeah. There must be some moments though, when you look back at your upbringing, which really have tested you, perhaps academically or perhaps looking for a job or a career or I guess finding yourself. Have there been any really challenging moments for you or have you always managed to, I guess, just be strong and go through it? I guess just be strong and go through it and then take any chance that come to me. Um, of course, there's tough time as well when I was younger and even now, here and there, so challenges always come to you and uh, you just have to, to face it and, and, and deal with it and or just let, you know, life still keep going on. Excellent. You gotta, gotta keep going. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything you do to keep your mentality strong, as in meditation or yoga or reading? or talking with people. Uh, is there anything you do to keep focused? Um, I didn't do, I haven't done meditation, but I think I should try it. And I think it's good for my mental uh, health. I think so. Um, because like a lot of, like recently, a lot of uh, things happen, you know, works and uh, life balance. 
And um, yeah, I think meditation would be good for me, but I haven't tried it yet. But uh, so far, I don't do anything yet no, mm. to, to keep my mind strong. But um, sometimes, like there's a tough time, I do talk to friends. I do talk to friends, but just, just to know that, uh, just let them know that I, I have a problem there. But not so much, you know, deep into the, the problem I yeah. have. Yeah, so, yeah, we just talk to some, some people. Yeah, I think that can be a nice balance where some people, say perhaps if they're perceived to be strong, mm. won't talk to anybody because it can affect the image, right? Uh, but yeah. if you just say, but let them know you're dealing with it, that's mm. quite an effective strategy because you're showing vulnerability in a positive way mm. and also managing to be honest. So mm. I think that can be quite an effective tool. Yeah. What we've done actually is we've almost kind of dived into like your mindset and how you keep, I suppose, on top of your game. But we haven't really gone into the background too much with the yeah. exception of like the army coming to your door <laughs> and like yeah. being apparently a boy and apparently a lesbian and, <laughs> and, and, and other things. Yeah. What I usually do, anti is I... Do you like to be called anti or just uh, Anne? Anne, just call me Just Anne, Anne that's cool. <laughs> okay, Anne. So what I usually do with the guest, just to understand the early years of the person, they often make the person sat in front of me today. So if you don't mind, can you tell me a little bit about like growing up in Vietnam? You're not from Ho Chi Minh City, are you? Uh, yeah, I'm from Mekong Delta. Right, okay. Yeah. Do you mind telling me a bit more about just growing up there and how your early years have shaped you? Okay, so Mekong Delta for 17 years, I think. And then somehow, I don't know why, but like about 16 years old, so right before high school, I asked my mom to let me go to Ho Chi Minh City because I think here have, has more, I, I thought here had more um, opportunities to grow myself, uh, to improve myself, to get better uh, for school, for my career in the future, I thought so. And I asked my mom and then she didn't agree. Uh, but one year after that, she kind of, okay, and how, what do you think about that now? <laughs> you want to go to Ho Chi Minh City and study it? And say, yeah, mom, sure, go. Yeah, let me in. Because I have relatives here that mm, live here. Yeah. My family there and here. Right, so, I see. Um, yeah, so, uh, so that, so when I was um, the grade 11, you know, my mom let me come here for high school and university. And I went to banking you know university uh, i studied banking but then i right before i uh, graduate from university i um, apply for an assistant uh, a position for my boss he's american an it guy and then uh, during working with him i kind of john pole dancing yeah because my friend asked me like to join her and her friends to, to, to be a group of, new, of a newbies to learn pole dancing. And then I okay, think, okay, I saw pole dancing. I watched pole dancing before in Phuket, Thailand. And I uh, was amazed. I was like, I, I, ins I, I get inspired. Yes, that's inspired, correct. Yes. Inspired by, from them. And then it's just like, wow, pole dancing is so cool with the, you know, the dancer there. She's spinning so much. And I thought that she must be strong a lot that to be able to uh, to do the moves on the on the, the, the pole so I had good impression about um, pole dancing and when my friend asked me to uh, do pole dancing I said yes sure I'll go and um, I think I just 
good at it. You know, I since I was a kid, I thought uh, like I was acting. Yeah, I remember you mentioning. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, you know, I'm just like climb the tree, sit on the the roof of the house, having some fruits on the roof of the house, and then I was good at sport as well in school. I can say maybe top, top. 10 or top 3 of my class or top 10 of the school I, like, I was good in sport and active and then joined the, the dance teams of the, the, the district of the school as well and so pole dancing I, I joined pole dancing and I was good at it I showed that I was good at it and I enjoyed it much, a lot so um, yeah it's come that's like the perfect combination where you're good at it and you enjoy it. Yeah. Where if you have the two together, it is beautiful. Because yeah. for example, you know, I've a lot of things that I enjoy, but mm. I'm shit at if I'm honest with you. But there's a lot of things that I'm good at which I just don't really, I can't be bothered to do. Mm. And it's frustrating trying to find that middle ground. Mm. It's a lot harder than people think, I think, mm. of finding something that you really want to do mm. and that you will keep doing and that you're actually good at, which therefore motivates you. So it's great that you managed to hit that sweet spot yeah, back when you yeah. were 19. Yeah, 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 you're right. Um, like, for example, like, I wanted to learn ukulele before. I tried one or two songs and then, no, I'm, I'm not good at it. <laughs> I'm just not good at it. And it's very hard for me. And okay, I, I enjoy it, I like it, I want to know it, but and I try it and then, uh, yeah. I'm not good at it. Yeah. <laughs> Are you yeah. one of those people who, if you try something mm. and you're not good at it, mm. for example, do you easily go, okay, I'm not good at this, but I'll be good at something else. Let me try that. Or do you go, oh, fuck, why do I not fucking work at ukulele? Like, which one would you go towards? Mm, I will be like, a, I'm the safe player. So I would just like go with something I'm good at. Ah, okay. I'm shining in it, you know, shining in my zone. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. And your zone, uh, pole dancing? Mm, yeah. Anything else? Um, Is that your zone? Pole dancing. Um, I teach um, Lyra. Lyra. Okay. Um, what's Lyra? L uh, L Y R A. Yeah. What is Lyra. it? What's the hoop? Ah. Okay. 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 The, the hoop like ah. you like a, the circus. Right. I've never done it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Pole dancing. Uh, pole dancing. Hoop dancing. Hoop dancing. And then um, I serve turn uh, the silk the aerial hammock. Excellent. Yeah. 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 What was that aerial hammock? Um, it's like, um, and they call it sling. It's just like you use the silk to dance as well in the air. You will see that in more in the circus right. than just in a normal life, you know? Yeah. yeah. Is, it, is this common? Um, it just uh, get popular, uh, the sling dance recently. Mm. Yeah, I self-trained it like um, more than a year ago. Wow, okay. Yeah. No, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, I, I'm just picturing it because I wasn't aware of it, but I'm now picturing it in my mind. Like, how do you decide upon doing that? Do you literally just see it and go, oh, that looks interesting, let me try? Or like, are you nervous before doing something like that? Yeah, um, so in, uh, okay, so I learned a lot from Instagram, from the internet, from YouTube uh, about pole dancing and uh, hoop dancing. And then the, the artists in the world, they also start doing sling dance, silk dance, uh, like in the circus thing. And, and then I saw that, I just left it there. I, I, may, I may try it one day, you know, I thought about that. I thought, one day I would try it. But because, you know, pole dancing and hoop dancing, I kind of use a lot of energy. I just want to do other work, that, that's a lot of workout. And I only want to try it when I have free time, you know. And then one day, one girl came to my class. She's a uh, she's a um, aerial silk 
picture and then I got inspired from seeing her profile and then I said okay why don't I try it I just okay I just what I need to do now is order the silk to my home put it up and do it and then so I just just did it was that. <laughs> and I was just I, I was nervous because don't know where to start of course there is no uh, document to show you where the basic I'm the one that like really basic for me is really like the, the mm. most important thing like you need to do baby step one by one by one the base is good and you are you get stronger and faster later yeah yeah and you will improve faster and better when you have a good base good the good basic um, knowledge I think that's crucial and so when I started it uh, the, the silk dance I was just like um, okay where to start I don't know Okay, now just look at one video on the Instagram. I kind of have an idea. Okay, maybe it's easy, maybe it's not. Um, but I kind of, with my experience, I can see, okay, that may be easy. Okay, I'll try it first. And I pick out one of one or two or few and I try and I see. Mm -hmm. And then self-train. Self-train. Yeah. Once you've self-trained though, it's one thing training yourself, but then training others. How do you make that transition? transition from training yourself to then making sure other people can do it too? Um, that isn't a skill I think because uh, as a lot of people also told me that uh, you can do uh, what you can do is one thing but what you can explain and like help other people to understand it is another thing it's about teaching other people is it's, it's a, also a skill and uh, to me I describe uh, my feeling I describe the what I see I describe different ways in details to make them see it clear and see through every single move. Even my leg this high or that high, that low, you know, I explain that as well. I explain because also like when you teach physics um, uh, in pole dancing, I don't know about other uh, sports, but in pole dancing, it's uh, it looks like so, but it's not like like that. For example, like you, you look like you are sitting on the pole, but actually you are lifting yourself. You have to pose and froze your body, freeze your body, and then um, uh, so which means that you have to explain it. You have to explain it. You understand, or, or you can do is one thing. You understand it is another thing, and you explain it is another thing as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like yeah, it's a, that's the sign of a good teacher who yeah. can make something like that looks very difficult or the process is quite tricky and simplify the process yeah. and make sure others can come along. Yeah. That's I think what makes a good teacher. Mm. How would you describe your teaching style? What do you like as a teacher? Can you say? Sure, that? so your style as a teacher, mm. are you are you strict? Are you, do you take things slowly? Do you change your approach depending on who you're speaking to? For example, one student, you would say, speak to them in a certain way, the next student another way. And I suppose, how would you describe your te I'll start with that question. Like, how would you describe yourself as a teacher? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. Um, I like um, to teach very in detail and from basic. Some people come to me and then they say, hey, I wanna learn advanced level and I say, Okay, I did, and you, but you kind of prove to me and you show me that you already have basic. Then I will teach you the, the advanced move. Uh, if not, then I, I don't want to ruin the, the base. You know, I don't want to. Um, and then 
um, yes, of course, with different people, the, their understanding is different as well. And um, sometimes I have to, to teach, that, that is why I said I, I, when I describe something, sometimes I repeat, but repeat in different ways. It's describe this table, okay, the, this table is low, this table is not high, this table have a shock, you know, uh, different ways yeah, is yeah. to explain. Uh, and also, like sometimes, uh, of course, some, sometimes when I explain it, and then um, some people, they understand it their own way, and they say it out loud. And then I catch it, and then, okay, okay, that's just a way to explain, and I try to remember that so that next time I can use it to explain to other students as well. Ah, yeah. so you'll almost try and work out their learning style. Mm. So I'll use an example of my own profession in the classroom. We try and work out if students are more visual, mm. where they see things through the visual lens, mm. or if they are audio, so they'll remember everything they hear, mm. or they'll see things in like sporting metaphors. So they'll put things into like a sports perspective. Some people learn through music. Mm. So you almost, working out how people learn and then tailoring your teaching to that yeah excellent yeah, yeah. and also like um, uh, yeah and uh, and learn from my student and learn from you know other learn from myself from yeah. what i see as well yeah yeah if i was to get three of your students let's say three of your most most regular students mm. who turn up the most let's just say and i ask them to describe teacher Anne, what would they say <laughs> they will say um, I'm moody. <laughs> I'm strict. I'm a strict person. I, I, we, we joke in the class. We tease each other in the class, but also strict as well. You know, like in my class, it's like when I work, I don't like to, to hear my phone ringing. If that's a customer, yeah, I'll talk. <laughs> yeah, I'll talk nice. <laughs> but like someone outside, not about the, the class, I'm just like, mm, I'm not into this. No, please don't call. Or like, I'm, I'm like, I will show them like, I, I don't want to talk anything else when I'm teaching. Because like, you know, my, the environment of the class is more like fun and happy. Sometimes they come to the class and they share their work, uh, work day, they share their stories of the day. Uh, of the family, they talk, talk, talk a lot, and they enjoy, and, and they more like fun in the class. Yeah. It's welcome, but they, they can talk about their, their things, and I listen to it, uh, yeah, when we warm up, but when I focus, okay, what I need to teach, what I need to prepare, then I just like, don't stay close to me, don't talk to me. <laughs> or even the, the, another um, student from uh, the next, cl next class, she came up to me and said, hey, teacher, in my heels, in my shoes. I said, don't talk to me about those problems. I, I don't, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> you can talk to me after my class, but not right now. Right now, my, he my head is here for these people, for 10 people here, for 6 people here. I don't have time for your shoes. <laughs> Please stay away. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's that moment where you're in the zone. And you don't want people interrupting you. You don't want any phone calls. I don't want to hear about the fucking shoes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, have, I have it in my own classroom to a different level because I mm -hmm. teach kids English. But I'll joke and laugh with them. Save, save the class starts at 8 a.m. Yeah. 7.55, joking, laughing, oh, that's a nice Rubik's Cube, oh, sweet. As soon as it hits 7.59, 8, and I go, okay, 3, 2, 1, 
don't talk to me after that. <laughs> and I think it sounds like the same here. Like as soon as you're in that mood, like the rest of it is the class and that's yeah. the only thing on your mind. Yeah. I think that's very effective because if you come into a classroom and say you're affected by other things, for mm. example, you got caught off in traffic or you got soaked in the weather, you had an argument with a friend. Mm. There are so many things that could put you off, but if you have that focus in the mm. classroom of this is how I will teach, mm. this is what will happen, then it can be very effective yeah. for you and your students. Yeah, yeah, and I, I like to my class to be effective and to be a good class. I, I want to instruct them well. I don't want to look like a fool in front of them, of course. And so I need to prepare, I need to focus. And anything they ask about a class, I'm happy. But anything else besides of that, I'm just, okay, don't talk right now. Please <laughs> stay away. And they can see that on my face. Right, okay, I okay. see that on my face right away. Sometimes, or sometimes, you know, like, because so many classes and so many different levels in one class. Let's just say, let's just say four classes in a row, and then each class has three different levels. That's two, which means like 12 levels you are dealing with mm. for, for, for whole day. So you have to like focus, okay, what to do, what to do. And then if they just, sometimes I don't, didn't have enough time to prepare, then I prepare right into the class. And sometimes I just look at them and stay. And, and they know I was thinking something for them. <laughs> but because I, I, I'm, my lesson is like from, from basic to advanced, kind of the whole routine. And for, for advance, I kind of put up some more moves. So when I look at one person, they know, you know, like, okay, she's thinking something hard for me now. Please don't look at me. And <laughs> they can see that right away. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so, so they, see, they, they would say that I'm, I'm a strict girl. Mm. Uh, fun and joke, but strict as well. Um, that is why I said moody, yeah, uh, because I'm okay. strict. <laughs> <laughs> that's good though, it's yeah. good to have like, the nice combination yeah. of fun and strict, mm -hmm. and I think that's the sweet spot. Yeah. That must be hard though, if you have like beginner and advanced mm. and everything in between. Mm -hmm. There are so many different levels and layers, and so much information that you have to keep in your brain. Yeah. And switching between them during like certain amount of classes, how do you do that? How do you manage to switch and transition? Um, I don't know, maybe because I have experience for, for, for a long time, for a while. Hello. I think because I have experience uh, for the, you know, like seven, eight years. Quite a so, long time. Yeah, yeah. so I, I kind of have an idea of, uh, um, if, they, if they learn with me for a while, I kind of have an idea of okay, where they are. And then I also, of course, I prepare, you know, some basic move first. And then uh, when I see some, the student in, like advanced student, they came into the class, I just, okay, uh, I need to put up uh, one or two more advanced moves, which is all I already know, and I know how to combine. Yeah. Just like, okay, that just came up. Came up. There's also <laughs> got to be, from your part, some kind of desire to keep getting better for yourself before you teach where we mentioned earlier you will have to often demonstrate certain moves to your students mm -hmm. and you don't want to fuck it up and mm -hmm. you don't want to get hurt mm -hmm. so that means you'll have to be on top of your level as well yeah. so do you also practice just as hard yourself to make sure that you are in the best shape possible to teach your students um i think when i train my student 
I already practice because I, you know, like I work out like four or six hours a day, or maybe sometimes nine hours a day. That is like my training already. That is my training, you know, to be honest. But yes, there are sometimes I saw the moves, I saw the, um, you know, the the, the pose, the, the trick is hard. Then uh, I have to try it first. But sometimes I just try it right before the class, and my students saw it, and they said, "Hmm, that looks so hard." <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, okay, you I'll teach you that." Yeah. You mentioned yeah. earlier the students teach you things. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any examples of lessons that students have taught you that still stick out to you? Hmm, I'm not good at remember that. But I, it, I just, it just happened in the class, you know, some small mo um, moments, yeah, some very small moments that are mm -hmm. here and there, so not really big things. Not specifics, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's yeah. understandable. I think often I get asked similar questions with my guests and I think, oh, so many, where do I even begin? It's, it's, <laughs> it's one of the tricky ones. On the contrary to that, this might be slightly easier. Are there any main mentors or influences to you? Any teachers you've had who have given you really important lessons in this particular field? Uh, yeah, I um, so I started with one instructor, uh, a male one. Uh, his kind of his style is more like basic, basic to advanced. So I I was affected by him at first as well um, and then I saw I, I practiced with another instructor which is more focused on the, um, the advance about the uh, moves more than like amazing moves um, and I love them both I love the other uh, instructor the, the, the first instructor I, I practiced with and I, uh, I also love the, the, the instructor with um, you know always go for the high and the hard levels and the hard move yeah so yeah they both they both done it for you yeah. Yeah. yeah before we move on to the business side of things and with little Anne and Phoenix studio mm. is there anything else regarding pole dancing itself and I suppose the the physical practice or the teaching that you would like to talk about or mention um, I wish I just have less time in teaching so that I can have more time in learning. Yeah, but you did mention you did four or five hours a day. Is that correct? Yeah. You do okay. you do four and five hours a day mm -hmm. of teach of learning. Mm -hmm. uh, of, the, of teaching. Of teaching. teaching. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. So right now, just like more about teaching and teaching and teaching and teach, mm -hmm. I do have to learn um, a lot. But uh, what I learn is more like okay, open the phone. Look at it. Try to remember the moves. Go for it. <laughs> you, you can literally do it like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's fascinating because I'm somebody who, let's say this politely, isn't the most naturally gifted dancer, shall we say? Yeah. So the the idea that you can do that is very interesting to me. Yeah. But I, I suppose I can do it with a podcast. So it's interesting just seeing how we're all different <laughs> yeah. in different ways. How often do you learn then? So um. I can say every day. You learn every day. Yeah, yeah. like but like like learn by remembering, not right. about practicing. Okay. I only practice. Uh, I only try it when I think it's really hard one. When I haven't tried that one before, 
then okay, that is a moment that I, I try it. And I try it once or twice and see if it works or not. Mm, okay. And I only teach the thing that I can do. I don't teach the thing that I look and then I'm not so sure that I can, can do it or not. I don't teach that. I right. have to teach the, you know, what I know. I can do it exactly. because so that I, you can understand. Because seeing it is another is one thing, but try it is another thing. It looks so easy. It looks so uh, gentle. It looks so lightly, but when you try it, you will say, okay, it's not that easy. It's so freaking hard. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> then you have to go through it to get the right feeling of the of the tricks you practice. Mm. Yeah. Do you have to be one hundred percent confident? In yourself that you can do the move before you teach it yes 100% yeah I, I don't I'm a self player okay I don't just okay explain it no I, I just try to do it and then I try it and it's good then okay I teach yeah. Yeah. I hate to ask you has there ever been a time where you've failed in front of your class yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I fell but but I fell because uh, because the post slippery, for example, oh, yeah, sure. just that, or um, oh yeah, yeah. Sometimes it happened very little, <laughs> a few times, but not much. But not I, much. I just like smile and then, okay, different moves. Yeah, <laughs> if move your on. teacher cannot do, then how can you do? <laughs> <laughs> move on quickly. <laughs> yeah, I that, yeah, take it easy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What does your daily routine look like then? As in, do you wake up? quite early? Do you teach in the mornings or afternoons or evenings? How do you organize your day typically? Um, I uh, kind of work all day. I, I, kinda, I, I call myself workaholic. <laughs> um, so I get up early, uh, not, not early, like 8 or so. Eight, it's eight, quite, early, quite early, quite yeah. early. Yeah, sometimes 7.30, 7. It's just sometimes, but um, recently 8, 8.30. And then, uh, okay, prepare, and then go to work. Sometimes, uh, some days would be like 10, I teach at 10.30. Two, um, two hours, two classes in a row in the morning. And then in the afternoon, if I have free time, I work on my bikini, tailor-made bikini. Or I would uh, set up another class to teach during, at, at my home in D2. Ah. So my studio, Phoenix, is in District 1. And my uh, other studio, it, it is in my home, uh, D2. Yeah, so, and then at night time, uh, if I don't teach, I do bikini. So I kind of bikini, like tailoring bikini or teach. Right, I see. Like, just like that, like tech turn. Is the bikini Little Ann? Little Ann. Right, yeah. excellent, okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think which one do we begin with? The Phoenix Studio or Little Anne. I suppose we've spoken a lot about dancing, so let's transition to Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> Phoenix Studio. So Phoenix Studio, you have a studio in District 1 yeah. and at your home. Mm. Can you tell me more about how that started and how that's developed? Okay, so um, in teaching, I, I, I told you I was good at sport. And I was, when I joined pole dancing, I, I was good at it too, just naturally. Uh, and then my, um, my instructor saw that I was good. So he, when he um, opened a studio a few years ago, he asked me to help him to manage one class of pole dancing. And I helped him. And then after that, uh, after a year of teaching with, uh, for him, um, my ex-partner, she, um, she has a, you know, like a, her 
personal issue or something. So she wants to um, to do a business of pole dancing as well. So she asked me, okay, you want to do pole dancing teaching uh, with me? And then I said, okay. I, I was teaching, uh, I was uh, an assistant back then, like during the day and then teach at night, uh, taught at night time. And um, when she brought that up to the table and I said, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, I, uh, I wanted to quit my job there. So I am I'm open to talk about the business. I'm open to talk about, about um, pawn, pawn dance business. So we start pawn dancing. We started our own studio. But back then, we kind of rent the studio from different places. We rent hours by hour. Ah, okay. Yeah, bring the pole there and teach there. Yeah, just rent um, like two hours a week here uh, in District 3, two hours a week in District 4 like that and then start a small group of people start to build up our name and then after five years uh, after um, I think one or two years we start to have our own studio and uh, and uh, we last for five years before uh, it's uh, an old, old former studio my former studio and then uh, my partner and I broke up a kind of divorce uh. a business partner yeah we kind of divorced um, a few months ago. Right, okay. Yeah. So just to clarify, this whole thing, your partner is in business, who you went into the studio with and you divorced? Yeah. Ah, okay. You yeah. business divorced? Yeah, right, business okay, divorced. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. And then, um, and then I start Phoenix a couple of months ago. Right. But, but like most of my students also came to that new studio. Sure. So we just like, still the same business, but transfer to the different name. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I see how it works. Yeah, so now the name is Phoenix. Why Phoenix? Uh, it's just like, um, you know, like uh, the animal that grow up from the fire, you know, like reborn and yeah. survive forever. <laughs> <laughs> and then you glow with fire, you yeah. know, like that. Yeah. I think that's an excellent yeah. choice, yeah. Because like we, I stopped that the, the other business. And then now we, we start the, also uh, about pole dancing and fitness. Mm. Um, so Phoenix kind of suit ours, uh, my situation as well. Yeah, it is more of like a, a comeback yeah. type thing, which, and I'm not using that to plug the theme of the show, which is called comeback, but that is literally an example. Mm -hmm. Did it affect you at all, like closing the first business and then having to move to Phoenix? Did it hurt you? Did it affect you? Yes, definitely. And then, of course, the, the name we built up for five years before, it's like my my very first born baby, like my very first baby. It's my own, and then uh, it's it's I I have to fight a lot in my head. Like okay, keep the name or you know change a different name, you know. But to to keep it fair, like we we choose different names. Right, excellent. Yeah, yeah. but uh, we still do the same work, you know. Still teaching, still bring uh, the half the the. You know, the hobbies to everyone. Yeah, the hobbies, the community, yeah. the, the passion. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, the passion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This would have been during COVID too, right? Mm, yeah. When people couldn't like couldn't go pole dancing yeah. because we were all yeah. locked inside. Yes. How tricky was that for you? Uh, of course, that's this. I I was stressed back then as well. Like, okay, I used to work out like and teach so much, and then now it's the do nothing at home. And then, uh, but luckily, I had my bikini. Ah, and I just, of okay, course. Do any bikini, yeah. you know, enjoy and relax and do whatever I want on bikini and, and wait for the, uh, the heat 
past. Yeah, you know? of course. Yeah. That, that's a good thing. And well, let's actually move into then Bikini Little Anne. Yeah. Did the idea for it come as a result of this COVID period? Is that when you thought, hmm, I'm bored here, let me try it in a bikini? How did it work? Um, no, I started a while ago, like um, maybe like one year one or two years before the, the COVID, the first hit of the COVID. Um, I had a friend um, from high school and then um, I, she's my good friend, close friend. And then um, I, after high school, she started, I, I, I went to university, but she started her own thing. And then she, um, tailoring is one of her things. And then I saw it. My mom is a tailor, oh, okay. <laughs> but I never get affected by her. <laughs> but I saw my friend made some dress. I visit her store and I visit, and then I bought a few dresses of her. And I said, "Wow, you can make a dress. I want to too." So I learned tailoring because of that. And then, um, and then uh, in pole dancing, um, I the first few bikinis I made. It, um, I made it for myself, just a few, and then uh, after that, my uh, business partner asked me to okay, how about uh, doing uh, like the, the bikini as well to sell to the students, and then I said okay, that that's a good idea. Let's just do it. But then I I co co partner with my um, th- uh, with my friends from high school. She's Taylor, so I. I work with her. You work with her. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What is it like having a friend from high school mm. and then going to work with them? Because it sounds great at the start. Mm. Like, oh, you're you're tailoring. I like bikini. We can mix it together. Mm. This is going to be amazing. But I know from personal experience, mm. and I know friends who've worked with friends on businesses, mm. and mixing business with pleasure can be quite tough. Mm. Like, how is it for you working with a friend on a business project? Um. Sometimes we fight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I can say that she's also a, a stronger, a strong person. So we, we, I'm a strong one, and she's a strong one. Sometimes we just like, um, you know, like fight as well. But like everything we bring on the table, mm. and uh, if we're not happy, we we talk it out as well. But then back, back to the point is we're still doing the business. But then that's it. That's it. We we like to say stay calm. Now we talk again. Exactly. We explain what happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and sometimes I just like, you know, fight, text and fight, <laughs> and I don't listen. And she said, "And listen, <laughs> don't want to fight." <laughs> and uh, she's understanding her as well, mm. I, and I understand her as well. So uh, sometimes we fight. Sometimes we just like, you know, like uh, handshake right after that. Exactly. Right away. I think that's important. I think it's important when working with friends and working with anybody, to be honest with you, to have that. Because if you're both, say, enthusiastic and you both have strong minds, mm. there will be clashes. Mm, yeah. But as long as you're mature enough to have that handshake afterwards and yeah. realize it is just for the business, yeah. then it's key. Yeah. How important is it to be direct with your communication? As in, if there's an issue, just say it rather than, yeah. mm, maybe yeah. there could be a change instead of just saying, this is the problem. Yeah. How important is being direct and communicating for you? Uh, I think that it's good. Just like okay, if you if you angry, you can express, but not too much, of course. Um, but like better to to bring it up to a, to a table and then sit down, solve the problem. Don't keep it in your your mind, your head for a while, and then it just becomes something you know very toxic to you. So bring it down and talk it 
straight. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, you might fight back then, but then <laughs> right after that, like I, I, I've been through that, through that, with my tailoring uh, partner and with my financing partner as well, like the 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 current people, the current partners, and I've been through that with them. That I get angry and talk it out, but then right after that, the same time, you know, the same day, we just okay, uh, we already talk it out. Okay, so now we need to solve the problem. And then, uh, okay, that's it. And then don't remember about it anymore. Of course. Like yeah. Don't keep it in your head and then imagine about, you know, bad answer, bad yeah. situation. You just talk it out. Excellent. Yeah. And with um, Little Anne Bikini, mm. what's the purpose? What's the mission? What drives you in your work? Uh, I do it as my pleasure, as my, uh, you know, something like to entertain me when Passion I have project. free time. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's not really that big. Of course, I, I want to, but I don't have time much for it right now. So now my main project is uh, my studio in District 1. Even in my home, District 2, I, I keep it small as well. But I'm, I want to take care of my uh, Phoenix studio yeah. more than uh, other things. So I keep Little Anne, uh, you know, as a... Hobby. A hobby. Yeah, nice. A hobby. Yeah. yeah. Make other people, of course, it's make other girls beautiful. Make them happy. It's my thing. Yeah. I, I like to make other people happy. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. And with Phoenix, what would be a surprise? For example, running Phoenix can't be easy. I'm sure there are a few things that, difficult moments that crop up for you. Mm. Is there anything that you have to deal with? that might surprise someone like me who doesn't really know what it's like to run a studio. Is there anything surprising about running Phoenix that we might think, oh, I wouldn't have thought about doing that? Do you know what I mean? Mm, kind of. Kind of. Yeah. As in running Phoenix, is there anything that you think, that's a, the people wouldn't expect us to have to deal with that, but we do, uh, if you know what I mean? Mm -mm. I don't know. I can let you say it and see if it surprised you or not. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. Watch we'll <laughs> <laughs> um, Back to a few years ago, this very new. So I can say that me and my ex-partner, we started a pole dancing studio. It's the only studio about pole dance. There were some studios before that also, but they do dancing and pole dancing and other stuff. You know, pole dancing is just like very little. Uh, very like uh, a few hours on their schedule but we start pole dancing with full schedule pole dancing only so back a few years ago it's um, my my students told me that uh, it's very hard to look for a, a pole studio like not many places and they, they saw us that's why they, they came to us but now the last two years just so many studios pop up for pole dancing, just so many, even the last two months, two new, and actually today I saw one post about oh, one, wow. one, one pole dancing studio just in District 7. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, I, the, the, the last few, two years, it's just the pole industry just came up so much. Before that, they were just, uh, you know, like Vietnam is quite traditional still. So pole dancing is still something like very, sexy, seductive, kind of, and maybe in a lot of people's head it's just like inappropriate, maybe, yeah, 
and then now it's just so popular. Everyone just um, get to know it, and then uh, they, they accept it. They open mind about it as well. Yeah, no, I was thinking that actually is in, for some reason, I've seemed to have a lot of friends in the last year or two who've taken up pole dancing. I yeah. think, okay, cool. Uh, it was just an interesting observation you made. And I did think that about the Vietnam kind of, I suppose, affiliation, where sometimes Vietnam can be quite conservative in yeah. its views, shall we say, and a concept of pole dancing, which is often painted as quite seductive, could be quite tricky in the Vietnamese community. Has it ever been an issue for you in terms of like local people mm. or foreigners as in your students? Mm. I was about to say clients, students, the yeah. people who come to you to learn. Are they predominantly Vietnamese or foreigners? How is it? How is your client range, student range, student range? Yeah, um, I can say like uh, the foreigner would, would be about one quarter of, uh, of the local, yeah, one quarter. Um, yeah, uh, so one of my new students, uh, she told me like she know me for a few years ago, but she didn't dare to join because back then the the people mind, the, you know, the society is different. But she know me a long time ago, but now she has a gut to try it because now it's different. Yeah, yeah. That's it. So, so I can say, okay, wow, yeah. So it's, it's changed now, huh? Yeah. Did you feel that a few years ago? Yes. Right, okay. Uh, even my mom, uh, no, my mom, she's open-minded, but she, when she saw me post the, the video on uh, on Facebook, on social media, she said, why don't you put more clothes? <laughs> right, okay. Yeah. Said, okay, mom, really, just say um, the material of the pole doesn't allow me to, to put more clothes. That's because of the pole, if I put clothes on, like uh, so many clothes, I cannot grab the pole, I cannot climb the pole at all, how can I do it? So this is the exercise required that, okay? Um, but yeah, um, when I talk about it at first, before, they, they, they thought that um, maybe something that you do with the bar, you know, only like sexy ways. But for me, because I experience it, and then I, uh, I learn it, so I know it's, it's more like fitness and art for me. And then I can tell that back then they 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 more like oh you do pole dancing you know they they have a different look you know they 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 uh, some people I talk to, talk to they ask me what I do and then I told them oh I teach pole dancing and then they just oh is it uh, easy to turn bad or <laughs> something like that I said no it's fitness it's like a dream. It's art like dancing. <laughs> That's it. It's the way you you um, you experience and the way you you learn it, the way you do it. It's mm. just it's, I'm do not doing it at a bar. Yeah, sure. Be, even if I do it at a bar, I will show them that my real workout. <laughs> yeah. Um, um. But now, when I uh, when I talk to people and to talk to my relatives, sometimes my relatives just. Like my auntie or my uncle just introduced me to other people, to their friends, and say, "Hey, my um, my nephew, my nephew, niece. my niece, my niece, uh, my niece uh, teach pole dancing," and I can tell that in their voice, in with their, their eyes, I can see that they are proud of my of me, different than before. 
before like oh and you learn pole dancing but now like and you teach pole dancing oh my god you spin so much and then you you climb so hard and you do a lot of amazing thing i can i can see that in their voice and in their eyes as well so different excellent and even with foreign friends you know like before i did a show like uh, in a bar but like it's more like dancing show so i invite my friend he is a foreigner he's my ex-boyfriend's friend and i invite invited him to, to come to my show and watch me doing pole dancing he's in uh, he's british and then he told me i'm not so sure if i should go there you know it would be awkward to see my friend's girlfriend doing pole dancing <laughs> and i i can i could tell what he mean about it i i, I totally understood I know because the uh, you know, perception about pole dancing is not that, you know, fitness. Right, sure. But I, th- I told him, just came to my show and see my work. And then on the show, he came, but uh, like half of the show, the last half of the show, he saw we did pole dancing in a, with contemporary dance. And then he was like, wow, you can do that in pole dancing, like in contemporary, contemporary dance. And then... Um, Later on, like um, oh, he he tried to open a, a school, a, an acting school here. He asked me to join his school as well. And then I I, I can tell that okay, he changed the mind after seeing my mm. work. So I don't need to explain much. Just let them see my work. Let them see. It. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. quite a powerful response to I suppose criticism, if we call it that, quote mm. unquote, mm. where you can actually showcase what you do in that style of mixing, say, pole dance with contemporary art, because then people can actually see it for what it is Mm. and not have this, let's say, one-minded or one-sided approach that is just, like, seductive, for Mm. example. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to actually showcase it in that way. Do negative comments or criticism ever bother you? Like, for example, has anybody ever, say, criticised your work and it's really hurt you? This could be, like, family members, friends, colleagues, or... Has it ever bothered you, perhaps, people's perceptions? Mm, mm, yes, but like for a quick moment. <laughs> <laughs> Very quick moment. It's, yeah, it's bothered me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, don't, I just don't give, you know, I don't, I don't care. I don't need to care. I should not care because they're not the people that influence me and that uh, affect me much in my life. There, there was a time that I, I tried to show um, my work and then I, you know, like uh, marketing about my showcase, um, the performance. So I post online uh, of, um, and then some people say good thing about it, some, some bad guys, they kind of talk bad about it, like they talk dirty kind of. And then I just, um, it's just, you know, on people online, you have to know that there are people, they, they both ways thinking, right? good and bad. You cannot ask other people to always think good about you. So you gotta understand it. And then, okay, just ignore it. Yeah. When they actually come to the show or see my work, they will see, they will change their mind. I like that. I like that approach, like the confidence of they will change their mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's easier said than done though, for a lot of people, where it's very easy to say, like, yeah, people won't like it all of the time. You can't let it in. They're not relevant. And like, that's very easy to say. And when I say it, I go, yeah, of course it's that easy. But it's still, for a lot of people, can be quite tricky. Mm. Especially when it's work that you're passionate about and people are talking shit about it. It Mm. can be quite hard sometimes for a lot of people. Mm. Are you 
able to deal with it pretty quickly nowadays and if you are how do you think you can do it like is there anything you've learned that helps you deal with criticism as in does it help you to know that they don't really matter or how, how do you deal with it I don't know maybe just like live teach lives that's it and you know some some small thing about um, life that happened to you yeah. and you get over it and then now just something similar to it happen and you just get used to it yeah, yeah. you mentioned like there about some things in life that happened to us mm-hmm. and that's leading into like quite a broad and deep question that I'm going to ask you mm-hmm. so I'm just going to warn you <laughs> the next question will be quite deep mm-hmm. um, when you look back at your life so far this can be personally professionally from the Mekong to Saigon have there been any formative experiences or key experiences key moments which have shaped you into the person that you are today mm, things just happen and I, I just oh, anything happened I'll, I'll take it as an opportunity yeah and then sometimes sometimes that things happen and it slip out of my hand I just okay I don't get that change <laughs> and sometimes things just happen and I think oh, I take it okay I, 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 I grab it right away yeah and I experience it it's all about learning as well Excellent. Yeah. yeah not to like play devil's advocate but is there anything that really bothers you anything that really kind of makes you upset as in do you ever think oh, I wish this was different or I wish I could do more of this does ever that or are you generally quite optimistic uh, um, I don't know I just I just um, for example like um, when I was in university my um, my uh, so you have competition uh, the, the test competition yeah test, test exam test ap- yeah. the exam after the high school and my my score was high and I wish okay why didn't I apply for that school with this score um, but why apply for this school then um, but not the other school and then I quite regret and then I think oh but because of that decision it leads to, to meet it leads me to meet these people this friend and this friend leads me to opportunity this opportunity leads me to this way and leads to me now and I'm happy with myself now then there is nothing I should regret about the past so I'm happy with myself right now, so which means that the past was right. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely right. Yeah. It can be very easy to question things and I must admit I genuinely would be that person who if I got ninety eight percent on a test, like I wouldn't think, well that's great. I think could have got hundred though. <laughs> or could have got ninety nine. And so just having that and yeah, I would have had the same. I actually up until two years ago still regretted not going to a better university. I promise you. So that's a very apt example. And then realized, well, if I'd have gone to a better university, I wouldn't have done this. I wouldn't have done this. I wouldn't have ended up in Vietnam. Yeah. So that's, you know, perfectly yeah. apt example. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much for sharing that. And I think the optimism shining through here. Mm-hmm. When we talk about environment, we were talking earlier and I asked you about negative comments and criticism. And you mentioned things which I loved, which was, yeah, there are people online or it doesn't really matter and I, I completely agree but for an environment uh, and a community I think it is important to have that sense of belonging with a group of people who share the same passion like for example pole dancing with you how important is it to have a strong community 
as in the people who come to Phoenix Studio or your home studio or who dance with you, how important is it to have a supportive tribe around you? Mm, how important? Yeah. It's quite, quite important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, mm, I, 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 I really um, feel grateful and then happy that when I move to Phoenix, people still there for me. People came, show up and stay with me. That is uh, what I think like um, by the end of the, the day that I know they still there for me. My partners now, my students now, they are there. Yeah, and they stay in my life. They keep going in my life. And then that is a very important. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel happy about that. Yeah. Definitely. When it comes to, let's say, your work-life balance, we've spoken earlier about like a typical routine, mm. and we mentioned wake up, go to do teaching, then work on bikini. How do you navigate a work-life balance? As in, are you a workaholic? As in, do you work constantly like myself? Or do you take a appropriate time to some days just relax and go, yeah, I'll go to the bar today or something? Mm. Like, how do you navigate your work-life balance? Yeah. So I, I do love work uh, and I'm lazy at the same time too. <laughs> but sometimes I take my work, for example, like a bikini. I, I, I look at it as uh, something I relax. I don't have to think too much. I just need to look at it and check the quality or fix it the way my customer wants. That's it. That's, there's a need to think too much. So I take that, those moments to be you know, my relaxing time. and. Even sometimes I have a lot of works at home, like all the beginnings need to prepare, need to uh, finish. But if my friends ask me to go out, and if I say, okay, this, uh, the bikini is not that urgent, leave it, go out. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I, 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 I treat myself easy. Yeah, yeah kind of. Well, yeah, I, sometimes I punish myself when I go out that, okay, I have a lot of work to do while I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those moments, right, of picking the right one to do, so yeah, yeah. yeah. And we do make mistakes, yeah. but I guess we're human at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not that strict to myself. I know I love working too, but I'm not so strict. I, I, I need to. I need to. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I let myself in, enjoy my times with my friends as well. Yeah. If, of course, if they come and ask me to go out. And if not, I'm just okay. I stay at home and enjoy doing work at home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What are your favorite things to do outside of work, outside of dancing, outside of teaching? I would say travel would make me uh, enjoy. Yeah, I would enjoy travel a lot to it, uh, ad adventure. Adventures. Adventure, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, to discover things, yeah, to see uh, local food, local places, you know, stuff. Um, I didn't, I haven't traveled much the last few years though, but yeah, besides than um, work and I would say travel. Mm. Mm. And in your, in your life, I suppose personally or professionally, are there any core values or traits that you abide by? For example, communication or honesty or freedom or creativity. What kind of values do you abide by? Um, Honesty, yes, honesty. Uh, that is what I, I, I stick with as well. And I, I, that is um, also 
the honesty is the, the, the key to connect people as well. And to, you can also connect and then stay with other people because you are honest to them or they are honest to you. Yeah, you cannot just hang out with people who cannot, you know, straight to you. Or of can, course. Yeah. Um, so honestly, yes. Um, uh, what else? Um, passion. Passion and always work hard for me. Mm. Yeah, always passion and always think about, um, you know, going forward. Yeah. Uh, independence. Yes, yeah, yeah, that seems to be quite a theme that's coming up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are the three: honesty, passion, independence. Yeah. Yeah. And strong. And strength. Stay strong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and stay, stay strong. strong. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah. Literally the anti-vo. <laughs> <ethos. laughs> yeah. We spoke about a f- quite a few things throughout this conversation, and we're coming towards the end. So, like, don't worry, we've survived. <laughs> mm-hmm. What does success mean to you? Now, I know that's a broad question, but. Mm. It differs from every person. Mm-hmm. Some people think of it in terms of having lots of money. Some say various businesses. Mm-hmm. Some say the freedom to travel. Some say to have a settled family. It differs for every person, which is why I ask it to almost all my guests. Mm-hmm. What does success mean to you, Anteva? Success uh, for me before was, um, yeah, you make a lot of money and where you are in this society. Uh, you have value in this society or not um, that is what I saw success before um, but now I think it's more like you success in everything you do for example like in, um, for me I, uh, I teach and I make my students happy I make them successful in my class they get out of the class they gain something from the class they learn something from me that is my success as well I make bikini and I make them beautiful and they're happy with my bikini. That is my success as well. And little success, you know, is already a success. Yeah, same yeah. area. You can be a successful friend to the friends around you, a successful, yeah. for yeah. me, brother, for you, sister, for me, like, son, for you, daughter, and just, yeah, be different successes to different people yeah. in different times of your life. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like a successful dancer or podcaster or whatever kind of metric we use. Yeah, Excellent. Yeah. We're coming towards the end of the conversation, Antivo, and I've really enjoyed hearing your insight mm-hmm. and your story. A question I ask to almost every guest, just to make sure they get the best out of the conversation mm-hmm. and they get to choose or make some kind of choice, is has there been a question that I have not asked you that you would like me to ask you or that you expected me to ask you, but I did not ask you? I just wrote it out. <laughs> and I left it at home. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think I, I actually talked about, um, about it during our conversation already. I mentioned about it, about um, the pole industry, pole dancing industry. Um, yeah, I think we already. Then we covered almost everything. Yeah, yeah, about other people's perceptions about pole dancing at first and now. And yeah, now, yeah, yeah, how it's changed. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so there's nothing in the back of your mind that's screaming like, "Please ask me this." <laughs> nothing. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, that's good. Excellent. Final question, I suppose. Then, uh, Antivo, mm. if we were to have this conversation mm. again in six months' time, 
So say I'm six months. Yeah, let's say six months. So mm. what would that be? April? Yeah, April. April twenty twenty three. So I invite you back. I go, Anti though, come back. Tell <laughs> tell me what you've learned. What would you like to be telling me about what you've achieved? I would say one year would be better. <laughs> yeah, I usually I ask one year, but I feel like I don't like to plan too far ahead. Let's do one year. Okay. So it's October twenty twenty three. Um uh I do want to get bigger in my uh business like I want my big uh, my business to be bigger of course which business um, both. <laughs> both, <laughs> both I suppose both. yeah yeah I want um, yeah I, I, I would want to be more organized than I am now like maybe more help from assistant maybe um, but I want business to get bigger of course mm. I want to have more more classes of course it's about business right who doesn't want business to get bigger Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And on that note, we mentioned at the beginning of the conversation, literally anti-vo independence, mm. and with independence means that you're usually the one who just does the thing. But I think it's important to ask for help. How are you, sometimes, of course? Mm-hmm. How are you with asking for help? Like, do you generally ask for help when you need it, or is that an area you could improve on? I should work on that. Yeah, I kind of. Um, don't ask much about help, but I should learn to ask. Yeah, I should. Um, I don't know. I I I kind of you know I do everything myself, and then uh, and uh, other people see my work, and then uh, and then that's it. And, um, <laughs> uh, I I do actually sometimes ask for help. But of course, but my partner also, my my current partners, they also warn me about that. They say, and in the future, if we have a lot of work, you gotta say it out. You cannot just keep silent and work by yourself. Mm. They already warned me because they saw <laughs> that I I just do it. You just go for it. Yeah, yeah I just go by my by myself. For example, like for for the sling uh, self train, I just did it by myself. I just thought, okay, I I would. Train it and then try it and say, just do it without asking any anyone to join me. <laughs> I just did it and see how to go because I want to experience for myself first and see how it goes. Excellent. Yeah. So they already warned me. Okay, <laughs> and is there something you need help? You gotta say it to us. Said, okay, I will. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's something we'll talk about in the next podcast where I'll say, what have you done? I've asked for help. Good. Achieve your goals. <laughs> Yeah. Anything final you'd like to add, or are you happy with what we've spoken about? Um, yeah, I think that that's good. I think that's, that's good, good. Yeah. yeah. Anti yeah. yeah. Thank just, you very much. Yeah. Um, just um, so everyone should know that I have a studio in District One. Yeah, they should plug it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's Phoenix with the the start with the F, yeah. like F O E N I X. Um, Phoenix in District One, where I teach pole dancing, hoop dancing, sling or silk dancing. We also have yoga there, uh, sexy dance there. Um, yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. I'll make sure I include all of these in the show notes, and we'll plug it as much as possible. Thank you very much, Antebo. I've really enjoyed like your honesty, the story you've shared, a lot of insights into like being strong and independent and getting things done. Good luck with your business. I think you're Thank doing you. a great job. You've had a great job on this conversation. Yeah. Always welcome back. I look forward to the next one. Yeah. Thank you very much. All the very best. Thank you. <laughs>